0: I'm John. And I'm Jason. And this is Digital Divination on the No Direction Network.
1: We are back for episode 76 of digital divination Jason how
0: you been I've been pretty good this week actually I feel like I'm getting back into the world a little bit here um I, I didn't tell you this beforehand uh, I am uh, this week started a, a fly for your die someone invited me to a fly for your die campaign so I have a a, a star playing starfinder I wow. back again so I'm excited nice. about doing that I'm yeah. playing uh, a biohacker, of course, because mm-hmm. I wrote the class mm-hmm. and the the group needed a medic, <laughs> basically. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I'm enjoying it. I, I, I kind of backed into making, um, uh, accidentally, uh, Dr. Miglimo from Star Trek Lower Decks.
1: Oh, yeah. And yeah, yeah.
0: he is a bird character who is like the ship's yeah. counselor. Uh, so did you make a Strix? Or what did I you made a, a, a Spraxa. Oh. I was... Looking okay, for yeah. uh, a, a, a a species that gave me a bonus to charisma and then one of the other two mental All stats right. for, and I was like, Oh, wisdom charisma, Spraxia. I'll be a bird guy. I like being bird guys. Nice. And, uh, and then I was like, Oh no, I, am I always playing bird guys? I was, you know, <laughs> rock Thunderbird on, on yeah. uh, band of Bravos. And I'm like, Oh, okay. No, no, that's that. That was just one other bird guy.
1: Yeah. Thought, yeah. Yeah. It's in our um, devastation arc, which I'm running tonight. Um, we're yeah. in book, finishing up book three, actually. The only healer we have is a biohacker,
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: so that's the it's only healing we have in the group. Yeah. So um, I have I've seen firsthand, even at relatively low level, level six, um, that they they can provide enough healing to get have us get by. So Pretty first, good uh, one of the first times we've had a group like this, no envoy, so yeah, yeah. or yeah. mystic, no envoy or mystic.
0: <laughs> I know it's gonna be. Uh, we don't have anything yeah. like that either. It's just like a yeah. bunch of punching people and uh me who of course was the first to take damage in the first oh. fight that we had i took nice. half of all my stamina and half of my hit points were just gone immediately at the beginning of the I was, no fly oh, that's away fly get get die, right yeah okay i won't I'm spoil to... what it is because it's uh, uh a bit yeah i'm trying
1: to remember the damage. first things that happened on there is that like are you on a road maybe yes Okay. That one. <laughs> yes. You're driving a
0: truck and then something oh, happens. And yes. I got out of the truck. Don't get out of the oh, truck. That oh, you were the mistake. person. Uh, yeah. Didn't you I, know better? <laughs> I do, but I can't. I can't work. I, I can't uh, operate on that knowledge. I knew exactly what was happening Yeah. and yeah, I yeah. said, and, and sometimes that makes me do exactly the wrong thing because I'm yes. like, yeah. I know what's going to happen here, so I'll just go ahead yeah. and I'll I'll go, I'll step out and be like, "Oh, you need help?" And then damage yes yes
1: wow okay i think yeah. we've said a little too much now but Fair that way. was we had the same thing happen and i think um i think it was scott keim actually who who got out of the vehicle <laughs> <laughs> and that park is I, th- I think he may have been playing an envoy because he, he does those a lot all yeah. right um well you know i last time we kind of went off track a little bit from what we talked about and and looked at some of the implications of of a new OGL for mm-hmm. Starfinder. Subsequently, Wizards of the Coast backed way off mm-hmm. on uh, what they were going to do with uh, deauthorizing OGL 1.0A. However, uh, Paizo has said that they're still going to go forward with yeah. what they plan on doing. Yeah. I think, albeit probably a slower pace, not the it, oh, we got to hurry up and change everything yeah. up. But I think down the road, we'll still see some of those changes. Definitely. Regardless of that, um, we've seen a lot of people talking about um, coming over and trying Pathfinder in particular, mm-hmm. and and maybe a couple more Starfinder, but it's not as closely related to the Wizards of the Coast products. But still, yeah. some folks are, are coming over. So I thought what we could talk about today is how would somebody get started with Starfinder? You know, coming over from yeah. another... 20 game
0: maybe you picked up that star uh, spelljammer book and want to do more space stuff right and oh yeah starfinder is the I think the the uh, the next logical step if you don't want to be in that uh, d d ecosystem
1: well having played through the spelljammer campaign there I will tell
0: you that starfinder is way better I like it way <laughs> fair enough I again yeah. I don't know I, I yeah. just know the uh, the bare minimum about spelljammer in general. I don't yeah. know anything about the, the the book itself except for what I've read online, but you know. I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. It's
1: that. yeah, it's 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 not near as spacey as I thought it was going to be. So sure, you know, yeah. a lot it of hand waving of stuff, and
0: yeah, it yeah. is a fan of you know boat, literal boats in space kind of campaign, yes. which is fun. I mean, I I love that kind of like aesthetic in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. and that was. Um, not like anything direct in Starfinder that we, we thought about, but we did. Uh, sure. the sort of early uh, uh ships that we talk about, uh, being from versus or the 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 Aether ships, are oh, a yeah. little yeah. spell jammery, right. Uh, right? But 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 if spell jammer, you know, was if the world of spell jammer had been sort of like moved forward to like you know more more metal more metal boats, basically, right? You know, mm-hmm. instead of just wooden boats.
1: Well, and i think along those lines we should talk a little bit about kind of what what the starfinder space is like now mm-hmm. i shouldn't spaces i should not use space because space isn't it um <laughs> what you know what kind of what the game is like in the mm-hmm. because you know spelljammer is more fantasy with a little bit of space whereas i think starfinder is quite a bit more space fantasy plus
0: yeah indeed yeah it it leans more heavily on the the sci-fi tropes, the science part of the mm-hmm. tropes of science fiction, um, in a lot of places. In some places, it's also very much uh, fantasy stuff with like metal bolted to it. You know, you know, you've got mm-hmm. cybernetic dragons and and things like that. And that's the feel that you know i think uh Starfinder one wanted to cultivate from the very beginning is a and in a lot of ways that how pathfinders galeria does have sort of like lots of different kind of like micro settings in a lot of way you can kind of mm-hmm. but that sort of is reflective of a you know a diverse world whereas uh, uh science fiction tropes are way more varied and uh right in to- you know in, in, in scope essentially difficult to get it all in there but you know Starfinder has a universe in which you can do any of that stuff you can throw out a, a post-apocalyptic settings you know a game and and use all the rules as is in, and sort of set you know play that or you can do full-on you know star wars uh, high uh what's the word i'm looking for space opera kind of stuff right. that, yeah
1: yeah and i i think that's that's one of the things i really enjoy about it because i'm more on the science end like one mm-hmm. of my favorite uh sci sci-fi series is the expanse
0: mm-hmm. and that's
1: like really kind of more yeah. hardcore science mm-hmm. But I also enjoy, uh, you know, Star Wars quite a bit. And, you know, with the science, uh, the space opera there with a lot of uh, magic kind of in mm-hmm. in there as well on how things work. Um, And you have that full range, I think, in, in Starfinder. So, yeah, uh, in terms of somebody coming to it, if you really just want to play more of fantasy in space, you can do that and just add on what components you like. If you want to get away from fantasy altogether. And, yeah. and, and do that, um, you could do a steampunk version, clockwork steampunk in between if you want. Um, uh, I'll give a spoiler here. I'm in carrying that a little bit in one of my AP books as we're finishing up, um, oh, you know, some uh, quite a bit of clockwork things there. So, uh, you know, I think that that's a good range there. What about in terms of the system? Um, I have some thoughts about it, but you being the developer, how would you correct, characterize the system relative to other D twenty
0: systems? I mean, if uh, other D twenty, I mean, it's, it's 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 gettable, you know, and it's understandable what's going on. If you've played any other D twenty system, you basically know what. You're doing in Starfinder. You just might know all all of the terms, but you know you're rolling a d20 and you're adding a bonus to it, and you're trying to beat a number. And that's whether that's a tech or a skill check or what have you. And then there's other dice for damage and and, and that sort of thing, taking taking that damage. Um, uh, so I think it's very much uh not a not a big shift. I would I would not say it's a big shift from uh, other d20 If you played first edition Pathfinder, Starfinder is. He was pretty darn close to that uh if you've played three point five d and mm-hmm. d three d and d who's pretty close to that fifth edition there's a little more crunch to it than fifth edition essentially right. uh i would say but um otherwise i mean you, i mean it's not it, this the you know the six ability scores are the same so you know what you're you know what you're getting there you know uh you just have to think maybe a little bit more in terms of like i have a gun instead of i have a sword right 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 yeah i agree i
1: i think it's very much like first edition Pathfinder or D D three Oh 3.5. You know, when I started playing second edition Pathfinder and, or five E I found those quite a bit harder to pick up than picking up Starfinder. Just, just because of that, it was not a, you know, that the progression of a character um, as you leveled up, as you built mm. it out, wasn't near as straightforward uh, for me, just because the, the way they kind of layered things on there, whereas in in Starfinder, I think it's much more straightforward sure yeah,
0: yeah, definitely, yeah,
1: yeah. so a couple of things that differ though uh, from mm-hmm. those systems with starfinder um you know you mentioned that you have the six basic ability scores, you have the modifiers and all those kind of the same as before um but you have uh i i two differences on the character sheet that pop out right away. Mm-hmm. Um, you have armor class, but you have two different types. That's so right. you have a kinetic armor class, which is what you would traditionally think of as AC for a character in a fantasy game or setting. Mm-hmm. But you also have an E armor class, energy armor class. And that tends to, they, they tend not to be the same. Yeah. Um, in part, I'm actually, what's your, what's your take on why they're, why is the EAC tend to be a little bit
0: lower? Um, I think in a lot of ways, uh, that was a correlation to touch armor class in, okay. uh, Pathfinder first edition 3.5, right? Your touch armor class was always a lot lower because it, it was easier for someone to come up and slap you on the face than it is to actually like go through your armor and stab you and damage you. Right.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so I, I think that was sort of the design ethos there to say, oh, but then we just sort of like, well, energy weapons are often they're kind of like spells and spells often did target touch ac so we'll just kind of use that and against sort of weapons that Mm. deal mostly energy damage fire so forth and so on um and uh but you know uh, in in the starfinder setting you can if you really want to figure out a way to kind of give yourself about the same kac and eac maybe even like I know for sometimes when you're like maybe designing a monster, you might be like, well, actually, this one's EAC is actually higher than its KC right, because it's right. got sometimes these energy or whatever. But for the mm-hmm. most part, your KAC is going to be your sort of general not taking your bludgeoning, clashing, piercing type of damage, whereas the EAC is going to be the other stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, in fact, when, if you look at armor sets, I know early on there's a level set, a level seven set of armor. Uh, I think it's seven. It's a Yusoki Ys- Ys- refractor suit. It's one mm-hmm. of the few armors that have the same eac and kac but by its design and kind of naming it sounds Mm -hmm. like it's a little bit tougher against energy than yeah exactly than than typical yeah Um, so that's one one difference and then the other one is hit points how hit points mm -hmm. are are handled so you know in in D &D and in pathfinder you have one pool of points and when those are gone then you are in a dying state right Mm -hmm. in starfinder you actually have three pools of points, two of them related to hit points. Uh, One's called stamina. uh, And basically when you take your initial damage, it starts wearing you down. Once you've gone through all your stamina, then you begin taking hit points. And then the other is a resolve point pool. And this is something that basically allows you by expending a point or more to do something special Mm-hmm. Often class based, but there may be some other things as well, and that's that's similar to I'm thinking like uh, you know other and uh, other uh, settings you might have panache or something some pool that you're building up that then you can mm-hmm. execute a big thing. Here it's something that you start with, yeah. and not only does it help you do great things, but if you're in a dying state, it helps you stabilize as well. Can right. you talk about why that? Those three things were incorporated
0: into starfinder uh you know the idea of uh core hit points and stamina points is not a new one at all right mm-hmm. it, it's been in a lot of different types of games um I can imagine that it exists in starfinder because it 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 uh well oh, th- to be fair it's in uh if you go to like pathfinder first edition's um unchanged rules i think there's a mm-hmm. there, or maybe the game master guide there's a stamina, mo- a, a way to do stamina and and um uh, hit points in, a, you know, a fantasy game. And and that's just sort of the sort of go off of basically uh, people who are like, well, you know, it's like I get hit a bunch of times and it doesn't affect me until I'm d- actually dead, that kind of like mechanic. But this mm-hmm. is sort of like, well, you're not actually, when you lose stamina, you're not actually getting hit. You're just sort of dodging just in the nick of time, but it's wearing you down, right? Um, or it's just glancing blows that, are, that aren't really causing much in the way of a, you know, physical damage, but, you know, it's wearing you down to the point where you can actually, where you're actually stabbed at, right? Um uh I remember that mechanic sort of uh playing with it for the, one of the first times is in the um the D twenty Star Wars game. Hmm. Um that was always just like you had a little bit of uh uh you, I think you mostly just had this sort of like I don't know if it was called stamina or not, but you had this sort of like stamina and then you had like core hit points which really had like double digits at most or something like that. And there was a real real when you got down to that you were in real trouble. Um and you know, we all know that uh owen uh casey stevens worked on that D, you know d20 so it's possible yeah. that he was like well we should probably do something similar for starfinder right. um, you know i don't right. i don't know for sure uh, yeah. uh who decided that but uh it seems yeah. like that might be a good bet to say that was probably owen who was thinking like well you know we did the, it, it was popular star wars this is kind of like a you know fantasy game up yeah, a, a space game and because a, a, in a in a space game you're not Maybe at the same time, you know, they were building out the fact that you we don't have straight up clerics in Starfinder. We right? We have mystics, which can do a little bit of healing, and then if you take a certain, you know, a uh, connection, you do more. But for the most part, you know, the healing is not going to be super all over the place because, you know, in a science fantasy game, you maybe might, might be more uh, about doctors and, and and that sort of thing. Um, this gives you a chance to sort of like because with the other thing that resolve points does, which is um, let you sort of stop, mm-hmm. take a breather, take about 10 minutes and get all your stamina back between fights. Right. Uh, and that just made, that was a big uh, idea to just sort of keep that, keep you sort of on the battlefield more, right? You know, or, or mm-hmm. make that adventuring day just a little bit longer because you could just take a breath oh, back. I've got up my stamina. I may, I mean, I may be down like three or four hit points, but I've got those, whatever, however many stamina points are, right? And that can essentially be like a real big heal uh, without mm-hmm. it being actually healing. Something that's, yeah, that, that really? they might be similar to for if you're coming from uh say fifth edition that, that they have right. that hit die mechanic which is when you right. take a breath you roll some hit die and you get some hit points back so it's a little bit like that but it's a little more it's a little less random and right. uh resolve points do a lot of other things like you mentioned it keeps you from dying it keeps you from uh it lets you use certain abilities
1: mm-hmm. yeah i was going to mention that um you know I'm playing a 5e campaign as well now mm-hmm. and uh That's one of the things that really annoys me is that you can take a short four hour rest, and then randomly roll some dice to maybe get a bunch of your hit points back. And so we end up saying, okay, we're going back to town for a couple days. You know, we'll we'll do (laughs) it. We'll do a five minute battle, and we go back to town for a day. We go another five. And and I really like that in Starfinder. That okay, this has been really rough. Let's let's take a quick break here, breather for ten minutes. Right. I'll spend a resolve point, and I'll recover all my stamina. And for a lot of battles, that's enough. If it's not a mm-hmm. major battle, then I'll recover all my stamina, and I'll be I'll be good to go. I, and I enjoy that. And then when I see uh, other systems where I, I got to take a lot of time out of game in order to do the same thing, I think, oh man, I really wish we had that.
0: Uh, <laughs> right.
1: So I mean, so I think that's- I think that's a pretty cool aspect of it.
0: It's it's it's. I mean, it's implementable in any game, really. Honestly, yes. it's not a, a, something that even for like if your game has hit points, at any rate, right? You can always just sort of do that kind of thing. I think it presents a nice sort of risk reward mechanic, honestly, right? Mm-hmm. Because those those resolve points like you said also what stop you from dying when you are are finally out of hit points right. and or bleeding out on the ground, you can use your resolve points to stabilize uh and and just sort of like, okay, well, now we know that adventuring is day is over because I have nothing. Uh, mm-hmm. but, you know, you're like, oh, do we go a little more? Or maybe you spend do you spend your last resolve point to get all your stamina points back to have that final fight to maybe get to a spot where maybe you can, you know, complete some sort of goal. Or do you just go, No, this I only have one. I better save it in case I get knocked down. So it's it's mm-hmm that's sort of like a big essence of gaming uh one big essence of gaming is risk reward Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the other thing i'll I'll talk about that i think is
1: substantially different from 5e or uh, pathfinder whatever edition Mm -hmm. uh, in starfinder is all the various equipment you have access to um you know there's some magic items similar to other ones you know in but there's a lots and lots of different types of equipment that just help you in different situations. Mm -hmm. And I really like that. And so there's something to spend your money on. Um, (laughs) You know, sometimes you're playing in another game, you get lots of money and it's like, well, I I can't buy most of the things I want or there's not a lot, you know, there's only so many limited choices of armor I can get until I have thousands of, of GP. So uh, it's not worth upgrading for seven levels, eight levels. Here Mm -hmm. in in Starfinder, pretty much every level, there's something worth getting, a weapon and armor, if you use uh, both of those as you level up. But then a lot of other little kind of neat accessories to get as
0: well. Yeah. I know there are people who don't like the... There's so much so many things like i mean there's lots of lots of guns lots of armors to sort of like make sure that you can keep up with that progression that you need to keep up with math wise right doing enough mm-hmm. damage being protected enough from from monsters that can 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 really wreck your day but uh uh you know it, it's you know it's a, in a science fantasy game you know uh you're gonna have a lot of stuff like there's a technology exists it's everywhere we all know when we go to any you know best buy or you know or 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 like a costco or something you know like there's just lots of things that you can get uh in mm-hmm. a sort of con- you know not to say that that, that the stuff underworld the world is is 100 uh, a capitalist dream come true but uh, uh it just seems to me like when you get to be uh, uh, tech wise when you get to sort of a mass manufacturing level of of things I and mean, that sort of thing is very easier to do in a lot of like in a world where there's also magic right Right. That you're going to get a lot of choice, a lot of things, a lot of little differences. You're going to have to be, you know, how many times, you know, uh, in a decade does one upgrade their iPhone? Right, like a lot, right, <laughs> like uh, often. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, so there is, I guess, a little bit of that sort of planned obsolescence in uh, in, in games, but only in a sort right. of like mechanical sense of like, well, if you don't, if you keep your first level laser pistol throughout a, you know, at tenth level, you're just not doing enough damage to really contribute to a fight, and you might feel bad. So mm-hmm. spend that money. Yeah, get some stuff and then, you know, get some get some of those other fun trinkets that are just everywhere. Armor upgrades and, and weapon uh, uh, fusions and stuff like that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think that, you know, those are the things that really uh, stand out to me. Um, you know, there's lots of selection in terms of uh, playable species sure, yeah. uh, for characters. Uh, you know, it started off, you know, in the core rulebook, pretty basic. But now there's hundreds, you know, yeah. of those to okay. choose from um what are some of the other big differences that somebody coming over from a fantasy setting y- you think would would notice
0: so um I just like there's you no know, like depending on the group but there might be just sort of a general more focus on ranged combat right mm, it is a mm-hmm. game with a lot of guns in it so you can right uh uh be there uh slinging bullets at uh, uh one another laser blasts uh across the canyon or whatever instead of having to worry about getting to it but there's also lots of those movement options too you know you can get jump right. jets you can get uh a, a, a rocket packs pretty early on in the game to get to a point where you can shh, jump over or play play a bird play a bird race and just have a fly speed right at the beginning
1: mm-hmm.
0: um uh that i mean this the 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 idea of all those playable species is one of the bigger. that's just so much to choose from and you could just kind of be mm-hmm. all kinds of weird alien weirdos that i i mean that's the thing I, that i i think i love the most about starfinder is just that breadth of choices that you can make and just but we just went a little off the deep end like you want to play a sentient jellyfish let's do it you want to play <laughs> yes. uh some uh, we didn't get we didn't quite get to it was always um again going back to owen he always was like well at some point we're going to have the super intelligent shade of blue as a playable character right and you know so we're all like oh yeah probably sure eventually uh we never got around to that but I'm just, it's easy to do something like that we have things that are almost like that you know we have some plasm you know some some amoeba people and, um mm-hmm. other uh, uh uh just weird types of robots left and right great i don't know it's all good
1: yeah, and and the nice thing about them is that in addition to the uh, a skinning difference right so they look a little bit different there's so, always yeah. kind of little tweaks to mm-hmm. things that they can do um you know talking about uh jellyfish type things or i'm thinking like the astrazoan right that's one of Astrozoan. you know a really weird looking creature but it can morph into looking like any humanoid and it can squeeze yep. through tiny tiny spaces and stuff because yeah. it's so kind of uh, elastic and 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 what can do and you know so there's a lot of kind of a lot a lot of neat things like that um i I also want to talk about the resources like and one of the things I see uh people posting on Facebook is um uh, so my group is going to try starfinder uh what do we need? what should we get um mm-hmm. uh, besides the core book is is usually what, is, what yeah. people say and um so I want to start off with saying I think the core book is a really good thing to get you don't have to buy it right away um actually. All the Starfinder rules out there are available on the Archives of of Nethys Mm -hmm. um, Starfinder site, which is A-O-N-S-R-D dot com. If you go there, everything you need to know. In fact, almost everything that's been made Mm -hmm. is included on there. And that homepage is to tell you what they've gotten up to. And I see they're already through Venture to to Defy the Dragon. And they put the Dead Suns hardcover in there um interstellar species is in there so it's fairly fairly up to date in terms of what's what's come out um do do they have
0: the um species builder on there from interstellar species because that's oh that's me that's good it means you that means we now have infinite number of playable species essentially if you're uh if your gym's gonna let you build your own uh type uh thing if that's for free get on there check it out see if that's something you uh Wanted like if 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 none of our over one hundred playable species is appealing to you, um, uh, I'm sorry. First of all, and second of all, go ahead and make your own. uh, I would say.
1: uh I'm looking really quick to see because it has a has a link to all the different stuff in there. Right. Uh, Here's rules. So maybe it's under species Mm -hmm. builds. Uh, you know what? I think under the rules. Talks about approaches for adding, okay. and doing stuff. Uh, example species, changing species. Yeah, I think there's links to how to do it on there. Great,
0: terrific. Um, um,
1: go ahead. Yeah. No, that's it. Sorry. Oh, I was gonna say. So, in addition to archives, the other thing I'll I'll mention, and I know Jason has his um, yeah, his copy as well, right? Uh, yeah. This is the pocket edition of Starfinder the core rulebook and the thing I like about this is it's got all the same page numbers as the normal core but yeah. smaller <laughs> <Nice> <laughs> and too. uh updated for errata up through a certain yep. point I don't yep. I don't know how when far Whatever printing
0: it is. we're on normally mm-hmm. uh, you know we, uh, I think is 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 up to date on the on the pocket edition as well
1: but right now uh Paizo has a special going on it's a, the open gaming special for Starfinder and this book is normally like twenty-five dollars right now, it's fifteen dollars. And if you just say you just bought the PDF of the core rule book, that's nineteen ninety-nine. So actually mm-hmm. buying this hardcover is cheaper than buying the PDF. And I mean I, I subscribe so I get the hardcover sure, yeah. and then I get a, get a PDF because I actually put all the PDFs on my iPad so that I have yes. that at conventions where you don't have internet to get to archives. Um, but like in my home game or any place I know I got internet, if I need to look something up, I'd literally just go to archive and search it really quick. And, you know, within 10 seconds, usually, usually it's a race because several people are doing it. Um, (laughs) but yeah, but you can, you can get it pretty quick, but having the hard copy, I think is good. So I I definitely think the core rule book is something that's nice to have. You have the archives of Nethys. Uh, What else do you suggest people
0: start with? Um, I think uh, if you're uh, still maybe a little trepidatious, don't want to go into the, to the full core rules, we can mm-hmm. always talk about the beginner box, right? Uh, the beginner box presents a sort of simplified version of Starfinder in a lot of ways. It's got an adventure in it. It's got pregens. You can just kind of like dice and, and some pawns and whatnot. Again, sort of like that that classic Paizo sort of beginner box experience, which is everything you need to have like a night or two uh, of, 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 of a game uh, packed in there. Um, it there is a small, I would say, you know, learning curve going from the beginner box to right. core rulebook because you know with those rules needed to get trimmed down a little bit. It's unlike the second edition Pathfinder uh, core rule uh, beginner box, which does sort of basically this the same set of rules. But um, I think it's a good dip, dipping your toe in point um it's not a huge uh you know time commitment uh get a couple nights of game out of it you've got again sort of everything you need and uh see if you like the idea of starfinder and if you like the idea of starfinder then you can sort of graduate yourself to the uh core book although there may or may not be uh people out there on uh the starfinder infinite program who are making adventures for the beginner box which it really Mm. wouldn't take that much to sort of uh uh either either transfer an existing adventure over to it's just sort of maybe like uh thinking about how the skills are slightly different and, and that kind of thing mm-hmm. um and then also like well once you get past a certain level there's no more uh, uh beginner box content uh so there might need you know you uh, but then again you can just start over start other character over and, and 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 just play exclusively beginner box stuff um uh so I think that's a good that's a good always just sort of talk about those, we put a lot of work into those. And I think again it, it's always it's always, and also it's a good deal. You know, you get a lot of stuff and right. and, and it's on and sale as well box. right now. Great. I think
1: it's it's like ten dollars off as well. And one thing I'll say, I think if you get the beginner box, getting the hard copy is best because it has a mm-hmm. lot of useful things in yeah, there. Yeah. Um, you know, you can see like you know, pawns and sheets and things like that to help you get a feel for what it's like to play in person. Um, And then you can actually use some of those things as as you go on as well. Um, Beyond those, if you want to expand beyond, I I think, the basic core rules, um, again, you can do that with archives. There are two books that I like quite a bit, and I mentioned all the equipment. Um, I really like the armory a lot Mm -hmm. um, because it has a smattering of equipment, um, weapons, armor, and other things. Also, uh, some other special abilities and stuff. And then uh, the Character Operations Manual, which kind of introduces two new classes. Um, three. Three new classes. Three new classes. Oh, you're right. Three new classes. They're all three on the cover there. Uh, mm-hmm. Three new classes. Um, one of these, which is the Vanguard, I like a lot. The other is the Biohacker, which you like a lot. Um, there's the Witch Warper, which I've played, I and I know it does cool stuff, but I have never played at a high level. So Fair I don't enough. have a good sense for for how that is. But it has a lot of options for all the other classes as well. So, sure, yeah, indeed. So in terms of, if I were to buy three books, I would buy the uh, pocket edition of the core rule book, and then I would buy at least PDFs of these. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then anything else, I think you could pull off archives just yeah. to get you started. Obviously, I bought all the books and all the maps. <laughs> sure, I was buying all the pawns for a while, and then they quit making pawns. Yeah. Um, yeah, they make some uh, other cool accessories too.
0: Um yeah, it's a separate
1: separate thing. And one of the ones I think for a beginner that's really good is the um Starfinder spell cards. because um, the spells are different enough from other games mm-hmm. that um you won't know automatically what they do and just to be able to pull yeah. it out. I mean, even you know, paying, playing second edition or or five E uh with a caster, just having those cards available for oh, this is what I'm casting, and then you know, being able to pull it out, I think that simplifies things both for the player and and for the gm uh, what are other, other things do you think
0: it's definitely a handy reference and i know there is a will be another one of those boxes of spell cards containing everything that's basically was in uh, the Galactic magic book and a bunch right. of uh, yes galactic uh, magic's uh, not uh, in there ap's yeah. i think um uh, mm-hmm. spe- all the rest of the spells, <laughs> for the most part. Um, yeah. But let's say you're a beginner, uh, not just a beginner player. You're a beginner GM, and mm. I've got a couple things that I would uh, selfishly recommend for that, um, <laughs> because it's of course Junker's Delight. We love Junker's Delight. Um, a yes, sort of yes, uh, I got mine stand-alone. here too. Yeah. There you go, standalone <laughs> adventure that is meant for beginner GMs and beginner players. Uh, if you get this and the core rulebook, you're good. You don't need anything else. Uh, well, you might need some dice, but um, for the most part, you don't need any character operations. matter. You don't need any of the Alien Archive books. All those right. are great too, uh, but all of those are also. All, yep. But all who's all it all written pieces. by? I don't,
1: I don't recognize. Oh, these
0: it's men. just you know, we all know. if it's written by me. I don't. We don't need to say that. Uh, with some help <laughs> from, of course, uh, uh, Misha Yeager, who uh, wrote some of the stuff in the back. Uh, but this sort of gives you sort of step by steps uh, on how to run the encounters uh there a little bit and sort of introducing sort of like this is how radiation works in starfinder you mm-hmm. have a little sidebar about it and uh have a, you know this is an encounter that now you've you've done the you've got finished chapter one here's a sort of sidebar about like what do you what do you talk about when you level up and how do you work walk your players through it and then there's like a a sample archetype in the back uh that is like hey maybe your players want to dabble with archetypes and here's and there's two in the core rule book but here's a third one for that is sort of more um uh thematically linked to all the all the stuff going on there and uh you know i'll toot my own horn i think it's a fun adventure and it takes place on the you know the red planet of akaton and a bunch of junk fields uh it's got everyone's uh, favorite space goblins uh it's got the uh the keshti sort of lizard folk people it's got uh all sorts of fun stuff uh some 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 yusoki uh friends that you can make uh uh good oh I look on the back yeah these two these two these two are uh, my favorite npcs uh, uh that i've written in a long time um uh and uh the fact that that art came out there with, uh, with her picking her nose is pretty hilarious um that being said, say you want – and this will take you, you know, maybe a couple months to sort of play through because it's just one adventure that goes from first to – A couple months? I don't, I don't think it'd be a couple months, would it? You don't think so? Maybe – I don't know. It depends on how often you meet, really. Yeah, um, I guess so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess it goes to third level, I think. Uh, I can't remember now. No, they – when they end the – yeah, they, when they end the, the, the adventure, they'll be fourth level. Uh, so then you can sort of move on yeah, to Yeah, my, to my guess would be that's
1: 20 hours of playing time.
0: So, okay. depending on how frequently your group meets, but 20 hours. That might is, be. Yeah, be I nice mean, still, if you percent. meet every other week, that's still two months, right? Okay. Fine. Ish. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I only play, I only can sit, <laughs> I yeah. can only play for like three hours at a time now instead yeah. of the usual yeah, sort of yeah, five no hours idea. that I used to do. Okay. A couple um, months. <laughs> a couple months. Uh, and every other week. But if you're meeting every week, if you're meeting twice on weekends, you'll get done pretty quick. So maybe you need something that takes a lot longer to go through. Then. Might I recommend the newly collected edition of the Dead Son's Adventure Path? This was the first adventure path. Dead Sons, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, the the this is the first adventure path for Starfinder, um, and it is sort of meant to sort of introduce you in a lot of ways to the universe. Uh, uh there's a, like you start on Absalom station the sort of center of the starfinder setting uh, and then sort of expand out from there you go to a couple of planets in the pack world system and then you leave the pack world system and out into the crazy space and do all sorts of things all to stop of course, a galactic threat uh that could mean the end of all life as as, as we know it uh sort of situation. So it's it's big, it's epic. Um, and the uh, compiled edition uh has some good tweaks in it. Uh, oh. it's got everything, uh, uh, sort of like some stuff that people may have, uh, uh, had questions about uh at the time when they were first released um oh, good minor, I, I need to go not... back and check the end of that
1: first book encounter then oh I no that one that. again i tell you that <laughs> one stays as is because it's oh, okay <laughs> people so people didn't like what it your first they're weak. party
0: wipe is like too in Starfinder, so <laughs> and, yeah here you go um and um uh you know some and you know fix the minor typos and whatever but then there's also yeah. like it contains um uh creatures that are introduced in dead sons and aren't anywhere else it's got more uh uh, uh more spaceships more you know more more mm. equipment mm-hmm. that's all that was all in the back matter articles for for there that, that was that's important to this there's some some back matter articles that didn't get pulled over in here because they weren't necessarily like vital to the um right the 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 campaign itself but everything that you need right in here in one book now instead of six books uh, because that first ep, uh, uh, incident, epsilon station adventure, is out of print, so this is really the only way you can do it. And that I think that's how I got started
1: with Starfinder is insulin, mm-hmm. incident, incident, epsilon station. I think that first book was a fantastic, fantastic uh, entry into Starfinder, and as you go along, this does become much more epic. So yeah, no, definitely. I I think that's that's great. It's it's funny. So uh, I'll just put this as an aside. Uh, Jason and I um we're not coordinating and it turns out that both of us decided uh that Junkers Delight and the Dead Sons would be good
0: starting points individually <laughs> so <laughs> this is this is one of the few times where we went went away and then came back with the exact same thoughts
1: yes yes so so i
0: i think it must be true i think it must be true hey two people uh, can't be wrong about something
1: yes uh, the other thing i'll mention for starting is Getting involved in Starfinder Society play. Um, so uh, if if you go to organize play, but or, it's the Organized Play Foundation um, that that can get you connected to a local uh, uh, Pathfinder or Starfinder Society lodge in your area. And you know we just mentioned the playing time uh, for Junkers Delight, a couple months. Um, Dead Suns is. a, 90 to 100 hours of playing time so maybe about 10 to 12 months to get through say you only got three hours or four hours well you could go get involved in a Starfinder society scenario um, which will run three to four hours you can just show up not even have a character they have pre-generated characters you can use or if you've been playing for a while you can create your own character or bring one that you've been using in another society situation that's one thing Um, that's I played a lot of society play. I've played almost 300 tables worth. Um, So I've I've jammed and played quite a bit. Um, It's great once you get a local group that you get to know and playing with. And now the groups I started playing with, we actually play home games a lot because of of what's going on. Um, But pretty much anywhere you are, if you are having difficulty finding how to get in contact with your local lodge, um, message me. I am connected to a lot of the uh, venture captains and regional venture captains. I'm um, happy to point you in the right direction.
0: Um, have you played much society, Jason? I haven't. I ha- I don't think I have. I, I maybe played like one or two society scenarios, uh, and they may have been Pathfinder. I've run a few uh, Starfinder mm-hmm. stuff uh, for cons, basically, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, but uh, uh, I am not as plugged in to that scene uh, as you are. But it, like I know that you know. There's a great amount of event you know scenarios for that 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 do all sorts of fun things yes. take you know we they, they they are deep into the setting that you can learn uh, and 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 add things to the setting too right that that, that aren't really anywhere else in any of the other books um mm-hmm. so uh i you know i recommend it uh, uh if you're um looking on that website there's also like in, in addition to like areas uh local game stores or whatever around you there's a there's at least one or two like virtual lodges right that so, so you right. can play through yep. discord or or play by poster and stuff like that so mm-hmm. um uh you know if you're if you're if you're like me uh lately and uh only play virtually <laughs> um that's another great way to uh sort of plug into that
1: yeah and i i play quite a bit virtually now and I think one of the best ways to do that uh if you want to find an online game is to go to warhorn.net mm-hmm. and type in the word starfinder and you will see all the starfinder games that are starting up around the world uh and it'll show you the day and time in your time zone and you uh you can you can sign up for that. Uh, kind of speaking of, of virtual games, do you have a preference for a tabletop that you like to play
0: on or that you would recommend I for somebody do. starting? I hundred percent too. Uh, I was actually going to bring it up too. Uh, I I just I just love Foundry these days. Yeah. Um, I uh, it is a uh, 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 you know there's there's some some there's a learning curve of course and there's always going to be a learning curve when you're sort of introducing a new um, virtual tabletop to to your to your group especially also if you're doing it with a new game it's a double learning mm-hmm. curve and that can be can be tough but um i think uh, foundry does a lot of great stuff i i, I think people should uh start uh, maybe um uh giving uh, the people at foundry uh, some 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 twitter ads and some, some some maybe some discord dms to tell them to like there's a lot of great support for Foundry, uh, for Pathfinder Second Edition, and that makes sense because it it, right, it, right, it the right. way it, uh, the way the math all works is all very clean. It's easy to probably code. Um, uh, but uh, while there is a Starfinder uh, sort of game setting in, in Foundry, um, I would love to see more more of it. I would love to see more stuff. I'd love to see them sort of take maybe into you know Dead Sons of Path and give it the juicing up treatment that they they're doing for um uh outlaws of alcon star and, and blood lords and and the mm-hmm. uh, uh uh the gatewalkers one that's coming up next which is though that one's exciting to me since i did write one of those and i will get to see my stuff in virtual tabletop form which is kind of fun um uh because what they did what what the team over there does when they when they when you buy the the uh, ap from them the, the the everything you got everything you need and they also just sort of really uh, they they redo the maps in such a way that are just so beautiful, and the way they can oh, sort of do things good. with layers yes, makes it look so much, much nicer it makes, than bringing yeah. it in, your, in your own. Yeah, so. but then in. now, granted, you know, uh, uh, it, I find that Foundry's uh, once you have learned the system, I think it's pretty easy to bring your own stuff in and make sure that it's all good. But then you can really I have go a hard nuts time with it. maps.
1: Maps is the one getting the maps aligned and in, in, in right. That's what I have difficulty with.
0: Foundry I don't know how, how to pretty, do that it, right foundry does it pretty well i think i don't think it's uh-huh. like it doesn't it's not as difficult as it is in other uh, VTTs. i found to sort of find them and just boop adjust just make a click a couple buttons and it's boop and then it fits pretty well okay uh, as long i, I as haven't the, figured out the like i know how to adjust and roll 20 really easy i don't mm-hmm. i've
1: tried i've imported uh book six of uh uh hmm. donna flame into into foundry right in foundry okay and the hardest thing I had was the maps, because there's actually a, there's a Starfinder importer where you can basically mm. drop in a stat block and it will build right. out the character oh, nice. sheet for whatever it is. So yeah. critters, NPCs, players. So that actually simplifies, even though they don't have all those pre done in Foundry, that simplifies it uh, quite yeah. a bit. The maps I haven't been able to figure out as well. Um, I agree. I think Foundry's is really good. I've used Roll Twenty for thousands of hours. And I, if you you choose to do that, I will make a plug. Um, So uh, Russell Sinclair has a a plug called uh, API called guidance that Mm. he's made for roll 20. Basically you can copy any monster PC, NPC, or starship stat block in. It will build that out for you in roll 20. And that makes it super, super simple. When I discovered that two years ago, that really uh helped helped me an awful lot. So uh yeah. special thanks to to him. I know he uh, often listens to our show. So um <laughs> terrific. Yeah, no, I, I I definitely think um Foundry is great, Roll 20 is the, the old dog. I will say I don't care for Fantasy Ground's Unity, mm-hmm. in that um it's a little clunkier for players and it's really powerful, but it's clunky to get set up. Yeah. And it's super expensive. It is super expensive. Foundry has all the basics, all the core basics and feats and things like that in Mm -hmm. it. They just don't have the specific adventures. If you go to Fantasy Ground Unity, you have to buy every individual book if you want to use even one feat Mm. on that. Like, say you want to, so when your characters wants to use a special thing that's only an AP, you got to buy that AP in order to put that in. And um, so I, for our actual play, I spent, almost $500 buying everything Starfinder wise to try it out. gave it a 30 day trial, that 30 day money back guarantee. So I just wanted, you know, I hated it just as a player <laughs> trying the basics. I thought, you know what, maybe I just don't have everything. So I bought everything needed to run an AP mm-hmm. in it. I, I ran it, you know, to finish up a book with, with our players. And I would not pay money for that. Uh, Foundry mm-hmm. is so much better. So much so, better
0: that fly free or die campaign that I mentioned is yeah. in fantasy grounds where we started in fantasy grounds. Ooh. The, 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 the GM is like, I've put a lot of money in this. So we're using this for yeah, now, yeah, yeah. but I'm sort of like, going, well, but foundry's, great. And, and, and as a player that yeah, was, there's some weird clunkiness. And i I do agree with you. Uh, there's some stuff that I thought was kind of interesting that, that was a, a little different than, um, how foundry and roll 20 does it, that I think would probably be, you know, you know, kind of would be nice if, the rest of you know the rest of the the, right. the UI was it worked a little better, um, and I of course I'm like well you know if you want to know more about Foundry you can feel free to talk to me about it. Yeah. So we, we, eventually maybe it'll switch we'll switch over to something else. But but if you've right invested like if he's
1: invested a lot yeah. to do it it's tough. Yeah. it's just what I find most that I don't like about Fancy Grounds Unity is it's not intuitive. Mm-hmm. If you want to yeah. do stuff, you know you got to open layers of menus to get to things, and with you know. Uh, with Roll20, it's, it's not great, but with Foundry Man, you can just click on something. It works exactly like how you expected it should work. Pretty much. Which is, yeah. you know, it's like, it, it. it's akin to like if you get a new Microsoft product and you've used Word and PowerPoint and other things, and you try doing just clicking through menus, it does those things that you would expect it to do. Yeah. You know, that's just how it is.
0: I, um, uh, uh, what was I going to say? oh the thing of them foundries there's also a lot of uh other people making things on there yeah. they're uh, some of them you have you know are buying their maps and, and and token packs and whatever art elements and stuff you want to buy that mm-hmm. great go you know support those people of course but there's a lot of like free like add-ons that are essentially that, right. uh, that i just love doing like there's a thing that basically does like a health estimate so that when a someone's like how wounded is the guy i'm like just mouse your you know pointer over there oh. and they'll say almost dead or not barely wounded, you know, it's just sort of yeah, a general yeah. of how, how wounded someone is. And you can do that for your allies as well. Uh, 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 a thing that I use too is uh, there's like a plugin called Polyglot, which um, mm-hmm. does sort of read the characters' uh, sheets' uh, languages. And then there's a, so I can now, I can then type something in the chat in another language. Right. And only the people whose characters can read that language understand the what's being said and everyone else gets like weird glyphs yeah um, yeah yeah it's no, pretty that's fun great. to do stuff like that and when i get like oh they say this and then you're like and then someone's like oh i actually i understood that and like and i don't have to be like who who speaks Noel? do you speak Noel? do you speak Knoll? um um another sort of like fun special effects stuff that's real fun to play with that i got into when i was uh when i started up my outlaws of Alconstar campaign uh, doing a thing at the you know, I uh, do a thing at the beginning where I have a splash screen that has an old grain film effect. Uh, and mm-hmm. then I, you know, it's just previously on. And then I do a gunshot, gunshot sounds, pow, pow, pow. You know, it's like, hey, hey, music and and weird special effects that are that are real fun to do. Uh, mm-hmm. And a lot of fun. The things that some of those uh, things that I got early on are now fully integrated into the main Pathfinder to right. package right, right. now like distance you know it takes it takes it takes a, a range increments into account it takes resistances and weaknesses into account oh really uh wow. yeah that's pretty new uh persistent oh, yeah, you can just fly again rocks things. automatically yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um uh that kind of stuff that is mm-hmm. uh fun but it also you know every once in a while it's just like well why isn't that working anymore oh it's because it's a computer program and computer program every time anyone's changing one thing they end up breaking two other things so it's you know that can be a little uh uh a pain point uh, when you're working right. on any virtual tabletop, really. It's it. Mm-hmm. Some things are so much easier in person, but also some things, uh, y- you know, you can't do in, in person. So it's a right. Trade-off. The
1: one thing that I liked about Foundry initially for for second edition, they didn't have it for Starfinders. You could Im- you could do a a JSON uh, export it from mm. Path Builder, import that directly into Foundry, and it would character yeah. your character sheet would be there. Foundry has been updated so much and Path Builder has not that they don't communicate yeah. anymore. That's been no, disabled. That's and there's not anything similar for that for uh, Starfinder, unfortunately, because yeah. that'd be the simplest thing. If a player could build their character on Star Builder or Path Builder and then just send the GM a file, you wouldn't have to build it on the, on the uh, server yeah.
0: itself it's but. a little slow there's not quite a full character mancer type of situation right, right. in any foundry thing but they're getting every like every month i feel like something is a little different like at one mm-hmm. point there wasn't in at least in second edition like a way to sort of indicate which of your ability boosts you got a character creation in which you just had to type the number that's my stat you had to build it somewhere else but now it does right. in there and you can go in there and be like oh this is now i can make sure that i did it all the right way uh but you know or turn on some things i didn't realize uh uh until like using it for a while that i had to turn a certain f- feature on that's why it wasn't like, oh, looting bodies like you can oh, people yeah, can walk yeah, up yeah. to a, a token and they can double click it and then take the stuff off the thing i'm like so you don't have to do it manually right and then i it thought puts that it was in, always in on journal and everybody can see everybody what you or puts loot. it in that you bring it on yeah. you drag it on your own character sheet right yeah, and yeah. i thought that was always on and uh, because it was in the other game that i had been playing right and i was like why i don't know why this isn't working guys i'll just give it to you and then like Two weeks ago, I was looking through the settings, and I said, "Oh, that's a that's a tick box I have to click to make it possible." Right. Yeah,
1: and and one thing to keep in mind again, we're talking about getting started with Starfinder here, is Sure, yeah. That there's a lot less development of these things. Yes, I mean they well, they for,
0: yeah
1: yeah they have built quite a few modules for Star that are Starfinder specific that will help you out, but it it's probably ten percent of what's yeah. going on that, for for second edition
0: that's true so this is why i say give them a little at say like we love we love starfinder we'd love to see more starfinder Uh, because i'm pretty sure there's already talks between paizo and foundry sort of like how they 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 might want to do it it's just that you know they're trying to keep up with what second edition is doing and it's obviously not as uh, not as a popular seller as 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 uh, starfinder isn't as popular as, as pathfinder second edition but if we tell you know get out there get our voices out there and be maybe They'll assign some people, hire some new people, maybe get onto yep. that team, and and be like, "Hey, make Starfinder as cool as uh, uh, Pathfinder Second Edition." Or if at some point in the future there is a Starfinder Second Edition that he used pretty closely to Pathfinder Second Edition, it might be easier for them to implement right. it, and then we might get it anyway. So you know, right. it's up to it, but John, it's not up to you and me, of course. It's up to Python. <laughs> it's up to Foundry to do stuff like that. Yeah, no, for sure. And I and I I think for now, I
1: it seems like paizo is trying to equally support you know various platforms sure, but yeah. i know for individual as individual gms a lot of the paizo folks are are like you they they like yeah. Foundry so
0: definitely know. yeah
1: <laughs> all right well um you know so we we didn't get into any specifics on character creation or what species or how to choose feats and stuff and uh this is just kind of been more of a general overview of if you want to get started in Starfinder, what are some of the differences between other mm-hmm. systems you might be coming from and what resources you might use both to play in person and online? If there's a lot of interest in in getting to more specifics, that's something I think we, we can do as well. Sure, yeah. So Yeah,
0: why not? All right. Well, I'm John. And I'm Jason. And this has been Digital Divination.